This is your Anime DJs with Weekly Rundown 26. Let's go. Oh, welcome back, guys. Uh, I'm here with both of my co-hosts, Dan and Tyler, and we're going to get right into this weekly rundown. Uh, first, we'll be going through Bleach, Thousand Year Blood War, 17, Tom 100, Episode 4, Baroni Kitchen, Episode 4, Jujitsu Kaisen, love this week's episode, Episode 4, and One Piece 1070. But before we get into it, I would like to say that I, you guys should definitely come join us uh, Saturday night for our One Piece watch party. I'm pretty stoked. This week's episode of One Piece was great. Uh, but guys, I think we're going to have a lot of fun on Saturday night. Oh, we definitely are. We get to see the big, you know, uh, reveal, I guess you could say. Yes, sir. So we get to see the, you know, what comes after the drums of liberation. So. <laughs> the drums went hard. We'll get to it later. That's all I'm going to say. This is a crazy drum solo for sure. But awesome. So we're going to get started with Bleach. The episode is called Heart of Wolf. The Quincy's undergo a transformation, but still, it seems like they're having a hard time with the captains now that they got their bonk eyes back. Is momentum changing? I don't know. We're going to find out. <laughs> <laughs> so the episode starts off with the Quincy girls, you know, Bambi's little squad, receiving their wings and choosing not to wear them, saying it makes them a little tired you know it's a little extra weight I, I in the back. Yeah. yeah a little extra weight in the back you know maybe i mean they're, they're currently not fighting anyone so i mean why would they want to wear it you know exactly i mean rule number one <laughs> of anime is if you're gonna look cooler you'll look cooler i mean that's pretty that's pretty textbook in my opinion right but i mean they're <laughs> girls you know they're waifus up there they don't need to look cooler they just need to look like themselves you know maybe they know they got it who knows yeah. who knows Hey, man, you give me a lady with a reishi wings. I'm interested. So, <laughs> But yeah, so we start off with the fight with Bambi uh, picking up right with a Shinji. And uh, so Bambi basically comes out. She's got her wings now and she is fired up and just starts launching explosions all over the place like insane. And she basically just looks at Shin yeah, Shinji and goes... Look, man, left, right, up, down, <laughs> forward, backwards. It don't matter. I'm blowing everything up. You're fucked. Yep. She's 100% AOE. And yeah, I think we all saw this coming from a while away. Like, she's eventually just going to start blowing everything up. And she, 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 she did it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Shinji took a, took a pretty good explosion to the chest. And we found out that her reishi isn't bombs. It's essentially anything her reishi touches turns into a bomb so the explosions don't mean anything or sorry the reishi hitting you is what makes the explosion so if you dodge it it's fine but if you try and smack it out of the way you're just exploding on top like on spot so right yeah. i did like that little bit that, that little detail there yeah it was broken but yeah it, and you know as dan mentioned you know uh shinji gets knocked the hell out over here you know he's just down you know one one hit and he's just down but you know, our favorite 
doggy, daddy doggy comes in and uh <laughs> Hey yo <laughs> Maybe Daddy Doggies Gene comes in and saves the day. He saves our boy Shinji. You know, I I'm glad because I, I really like Shinji so little spoiler for uh for our weekly or sorry our anime dgens uh podcast later this week uh tyler might have just said who he's gonna pick for his uh <laughs> for one of our segments we're doing based on that <laughs> oh shit yeah yeah but, uh, but it, it was pretty cool how uh Sajin, like tanked those attacks and uh bambi was a little surprised but she was still feeling really confident at that point but uh, you could kind of tell he's gonna turn that shit around bro was not there playing around no, not at all. And we actually like learn a lot about Sajin and this uh this little section about like his uh clan and all that stuff, which was kind of interesting. Um, uh, so Bambi like basically uh throws a big barrage of attacks at uh him, and like he just has to tank it because he has n- nothing else to do. He knows that it's gonna like demolish his stuff. And um, right. then after all the dust and uh, smoke, you know, settles, it turns out that our boy Sejin isn't isn't a wolf no more. He's he's actually a, a man. He's in his man form. And that was pretty shocking to me. Yeah, I completely forgot how hard that character design went from when I read this like 12 years ago. And I was super amped to see it. The Jinko no Jutsu is fucking badass. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, it was it was pretty fucking awesome, and I, I kind of <laughs> felt but bad for like clowning Sanji Sajin like last episode a little bit, but I only felt that way for about five minutes. So yeah, I mean, when you find out he's immortal, it kind of uh, kind of I, I I could give him a shot against Yuhabaha if he's immortal, like right, that, you know? right, like yeah, we were all like, why is he trying to pull up on him? Like he has no chance, but he had this in his back pocket, so it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense now. And, you know, it, it got into the, you know, how he actually was able to do Jinko no Jutsu. And it said that he he had to tear out his own heart with his hands and give it to the clan leader. And that just basically breaks the chain of sins that binds him. And um, is that makes him able to enter into this form but while he's in this form, he, he becomes immortal, like they said. And it also comes with, like, immense power. But I have a question, though, like, um, which I don't know if it answered it here. There's a lot of things going on. But um, while he's in, if he uses Jinko no Jutsu form, does he die afterwards? Is, is, that, is that it for him after the form is over? He basically just gives his life away to whatever cause he just used it for is that correct i can't remember if he's dead i mean he's down for the count at the end of the episode but well i'm not talking about that necessarily i think he just turns into a wolf i mean like yeah he got he got injured during the battle but i think he just turns into a wolf that can't like talk anymore well so that that um that scene is a different transformation if y'all didn't catch that he actually changes into um uh a beast of revenge they called it that's a separate transformation you know um right like that was that was transformation the, but that was the drawback of him using this power is what he was okay. saying uh because he was like oh this is the price i have to pay 
And that, that's why I forget the name of the, the big wolf there, but he was like kind of like laughing about it and saying, thanks for your heart. And he was like, you know, he's like, you became a beast of revenge, which I guess is a wolf in this case. Yes. But so I just it felt like to me, though, that when he entered this beast of revenge form, it felt like to me that the beast of revenge form was optional. And um, and when he entered the beast of revenge form, um, he is on a limited time, um, limited lifetime. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, That's so what it seemed like to me. The, the Jinko, he was on limited time. Yeah, and but that's no, why he was saying, deaf, why am I changing though. now? And then when he saw his hand turn into a paw, like an actual paw, that you know, like uh, how his hind legs have always been, he was like, oh, so this is what the price I have to pay. I don't know if it's permanent, but it, it definitely has something to do with the Jinko. I don't think he did that on purpose at all. Okay. Yeah, I, I was just really confused about that because I was like, "Is it? does he give away his life? Because uh, the clan leader referenced multiple times that, you know, he kind of like he dies for re- revenge. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, so, think it, I think it might be metaphorical. Like yeah. he is yeah. giving away the human side of his werewolf, wereman, whatever you want to call him. Um <laughs> Personality, uh, sure, <laughs> and um, basically he, he's, essentially, he's essentially dying. He learned he loses the ability to talk and everything else. I'm assuming because he's a he's just a wolf now. So right. I'm not sure if he's actually dead. I don't think they said that. I mean, his boy picked him up and carried him off in the sunset, basically to well, go towards fight you, you a Baja, right? Yeah, I mean, what's he gonna do against you a Baja? Now he's just a dog. <laughs> yes. So, like, there's a lot of questions left as far as Sajin goes. Um, we don't know if his big Titan uh, monster that uh, we haven't talked about yet uh, actually is still alive or not. So, I'm, I'm assuming he loses his Bankai based on the fact that he no longer can use a sword. So, I'm assuming he loses the relationship with his, his Anpak Tone. He can no longer have a Bankai. Yeah, they didn't take the sword with them either. Yeah. But why are they still heading up to Yuhabara? Baha. Like... I don't I, that's remember. that's what I need to know, right? Because they're gonna go avenge uh, Yamamoto. Bro's a, a fucking wolf, as far as I'm concerned, right now. I don't know if like what are you gonna do, bite his ass? I mean, uh, the, I just don't the, know. The clan leader did say, you know, um, I think he said something like, um, "Welcome back to our clan," um, or something like that. Um, so maybe, uh. You know, maybe he's got some special shit going on with this form, you know? Could be. Regardless, Definitely. a dog is not taking down Yobaha, so... Let's <laughs> he's leave a wolf. That. Put some respect on my man's uh, name, god damn. Right. More importantly, let's get to the fucking fight, because there's a lot of <laughs> speculation here. But we had giant fucking bond guys, and they were badass. Yeah, no, yeah. they really were, though. So... so oh, go, go for it, Tyler. No, I was just going to say, uh, you know, Sajin's Bankai um, basically was like a huge Titan-like monster with uh, armor imbued out of his life force. But he didn't use the, I think it's called, uh, I'm probably going to butcher this, but Kokoju Tengen Miyo-O. So, that was pretty good. You, yeah. you got that one. Yeah, <laughs> so, Love that. And that was the uh, that was the form with armor, but he didn't use that one. He used the Dongai Joe, I believe it is, and that is basically the form stripped of armor, which means it was 
didn't have any life force in it, which means that it's basically immortal. Did I get that right? Yeah, it was a fucking oh, menace. Yeah, and it had it, regenerative properties, so like literally, it just didn't matter um, if uh, uh, old Bambi hit him because it just like regrew. So yeah, and since Sajin was immortal at the time, it didn't matter that he was taking the damage. So like, he was basically a like just broken at that point, like <laughs> absolutely like planet-ending broken level of power, and it was awesome to see. I absolutely loved the scene with this Bonkai. I think that it was even though it was CGI, it was animated so fucking well. It fit right, like it fit into the episode very very well. Um, and I just loved when Baby finally realized like she couldn't do shit with it. Um, because it took a lot of talking from Sanji and, and like, you know, showing off the power. And then eventually Bombi's like, I need to fucking run away. Like I'm about <laughs> to get clapped. And I loved it. Yeah, she tries, but she does not succeed. She gets hit one time by um the uh uh the what I what I just call it, the Donga Joe form of mm -hmm. it. And just gets knocked the hell down to earth and she just stays there. She fucking deserved for that, boys. I'm, that's all I'm going to say. She is. <laughs> she's a bitch. She deserved to get knocked down like that. <laughs> knocked, literally knocked down to earth, boys. Oh, yeah. yeah. A few pegs were taken off. That's for sure. But, but yeah, that, that was a pretty good. Uh, that was. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. That whole uh, fight scene because we never really got to see Sajin like that. So. Um, nah, I didn't yeah. know he had it in him like this. I didn't know he was, you know, he had that dog in him. I knew he was a dog, but I didn't know he had that dog in him. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but yeah, this is like a scene that we can't like explain to you. Like you just have to go watch it. It was it was insane. The the CGI was really well done. Usually, I'm not the biggest fan of CGI in anime, but Perot knocked it out of the park with this one. I mean, that was some top tier, top tier shit. Um, agreed. The only complaints I got about Bleach so far, um, which is a minor one, is that most of these fights that are done in like the, uh, the, uh, Soul Society or whatever, um, it is very dark. Like, they're just dark scenes, you know what I mean? Like, dark background scenes with all the rubble and shit. And, uh, I was trying to watch this shit outside on the phone with brightness <laughs> all the way up. And because um, it was a beautiful day and I was just trying to watch it outside. And I had to go inside and watch it on TV because I could not see shit because I had the brightness all the way up. And it's so dark, bro, still. Yeah, I don't think you can watch this anime uh, outside for sure. Yeah. But it does make I the tried. colors pop a lot more, which I, I've, I've enjoyed. It that. does. Yeah, and it's very fitting for the theme of where we are in the show right now. I mean, it should be dark. It is a very gruesome battle. And, um, you know, just the way everything is going, like, it should be dark, especially since the Quincy's used that giant red bubble spell to turn everything into, like, shadow, the shadow realm, essentially. Very true. <laughs> very true. I mean, like, at least inside you can see it's not like, you know, the, the Game of Thrones battle. Uh, yeah. with, the, with the Ice King. I was watching that in complete darkness and still couldn't see shit. That shit was like, <laughs> wild. Um, but yeah, um, did y'all see that Ishida uh, showed up um, at a few uh, Quincy's that was defeated? He just showed up? Mm -hmm. I think it was multiple, right? I just Dude. saw him at one, I thought. I'm not there, sure. Uh, 
It was yeah. at least two. It was at least yeah. two. Yeah. Oh, okay. Shout out to um, the guy who uh, was fighting. Uh, Basby, not Basby, but the dude that took over for Basby. Yeah. Right. So he showed up to two. I think I can't remember his name, but that was the Iron Quincy. And um, yeah, I'm curious to see what Ryu is up to right now. I'm not sure if it's like he's going to steal their powers to become stronger or if he's doing a little sly shit and killing them. I don't know, man. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember either. I was just wondering if y'all had any ideas that y'all uh, yeah, come up with. That is right. He, yeah, he showed up to BG9 and then uh, Kong Du. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just the, you know, and then we saw like the girls show up in front of uh, uh, Bambi. Bambi. Yeah, yeah, and she was not happy about it. So I think something bad is gonna fucking happen to him. Like, I think that's much pretty much as obvious. Uh, I don't think um, she did just like showed up to like help them. I I don't think that's the case at all. He's definitely got some <laughs> ulterior motive. Oh yeah, none of them look happy to see him either. No, no. <laughs> maybe that's the way of the Quincy. If you get defeated, you get absorbed. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll use your reishi. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> You are not the strongest one. You have failed. But yeah, but, so after that, we got a follow-up scene with uh, Shunsui versus Yugrim, which was nice to see. Um, So basically, Yugrim's been stealing Reishi from the barrier and that so he could weaken and attack them. But uh, now it's just she's ready to go with an even better barrier. So like, I don't know if she's thinking this whole time, like, how do I make this better? Or if she had that upper back sleeve the whole time, you know? Yeah, well, she she mentioned that it wasn't the same barrier. It was a uh, it was a, a second barrier. So, uh, which was, well, I mean, I I just didn't get why she would want to make a second barrier unless she seen that he was destroying the first one. Like, what was the point of it? But I think yeah. the barrier was a trap, um, because you know that you know uh, she said, well, um, sorry, Jugaram uh, Jugaram said that like it was so fragile that it must have been a trap or there was something wrong with it. She was trying to goad him into attacking it. So I think there's maybe he tries to absorb some of the energy and uh, something happens to him. But there's yeah. something up with it. it, it it's some, some sort of mouse trap with some cheese on it right there. <laughs> but but in the end, she sets up there's another barrier and he's like, oh, got a call from the boss. See ya. I'm out. Yeah, it's time. <laughs> and just leaves. Yeah, wonder what his yeah. damn time for though. <laughs> that's kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the that's the second in command. Well, Third. former second in command. Yeah. Third, I guess now. Yeah, he got demoted. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah the episode closes out with uh one of the low key best characters of this season so far, masculine mask, fucking luchador, bro. Fucking love this guy. Fighting three of the I want him to win fighting three of the lieutenants and uh i was cracking up but he's he gets beaten and then some little homie who looks just like him like a little mini me runs up with a bell and just goes get ready for the second round bro he goes ding 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 and masculine mask is back up he's he's fully powered again ready to kick ass and absolutely just demolishes these three solar reaper lieutenants so like damn i love it I love that masculine, masculine mass like uses uh, English, like uh, you know, does to talk mostly. You know, I, I just love that aspect of it. He's like, "Thank you, James." <laughs> <laughs> I am a fan of that too, dude. I yeah. love when they do that in anime where they have a bunch of things said in English, but it's so poorly pronounced. It's incredible. Yeah. 
Well, they, they use a katakana, you know, the uh, English version. I mean, the Japanese version of English words or whatever. So that's why it sounds so funny. But yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of that. So yeah, I, I laughed my ass off when James rang the bell and uh, <laughs> oh, M M just hopped back up. You know, if I saw that, like I would actually go after James because homeboy was out. Like, like, what's up with that? What's going on with the bell? You know what I'm saying? Something, something ain't right. Magical reishi bell, dude. I'm saying, bro. I think we're going to figure out a little more of it in the next episode. Um, So after Masculine Mass defeats the three Soul Reapers, he notices this big beam of light in the background. And I'm really excited for that scene. I'm not going to spoil nothing because I know what it is. But uh, get fucking hyped, folks. Just get hyped. All right. All right. (laughs) And two Soul Reaper captains show up. They're actually two visors. So... We're going to get a fucking crazy fight with those guys, too, next episode. Like, the boxing is just boxing right now in Bleach. Yeah, it's going yeah. hard right now. I'm honestly 100% here for it. Uh, some really great fights, especially this episode. Uh, Sajin, I mean, hats off to that fucking fight. That was awesome. I think, I think they're doing very good on the uh, animation of fights in, the, uh, in this, uh, you know, new adaptation of thousand year blood war like it's top tier shit so yeah i'm almost happy that we waited this long to get it because animation in the last you know 10 15 years has just gotten so much better that it can finally do it justice because like when kubo wrote this arc he knew that the anime wasn't going to continue so he said fuck it i'm on a ball and make this darkest shit (laughs) which <laughs> is what we're getting, you know? Yeah. Imagine imagine seeing, like, Yamamoto's Bankai back in the day. Like, it, it, it couldn't compare, you know what I mean? Like no. we, we yeah. like we wouldn't even have been close. Yeah, like, it couldn't, it wouldn't compare, so. A little blessing in disguise. And now this just makes me want all of Bleach reanimated, like a Bleach guy. <laughs> <laughs> imagine. Imagine we'd get that lucky, bro. I, if this does well enough it might happen i mean they're rebooting everything right now we're running out of good ideas that's why we're getting shows about vending machines so <laughs> oof <laughs> that's uh, a stray right there did y'all happen to check the uh catch the after credits scene of this i no? did i literally backed out of the episode on crunchyroll and went oh god they keep doing after credit scenes i had to go watch this i went back <laughs> and watched it yeah so basically it's just like an ichigo training check-in he, um, there's like a little dialogue between, uh, Ichibei and Ichigo, um, talking about, you know, the weight he's feeling is everything that he wants to protect and basically asking him if he's going to be strong enough to accept his power. And we see him like try to absorb some type of energy. I'm guessing it's the power to protect everything that he needs to protect. And he struggles with it. I was kind of worried for a minute, but you know, I was like, man, this is our man Ichigo. He's going to pull through. And yeah, did, dude, so. homie looked like he was about to explode. Like, yeah. it's just overwhelming power. He was like bubbling up. It looked like uh, it reminded me of that uh, the the whole scene in Akira. You know, back in the day, at the end, you know. So. Oh yeah, it definitely gave me that vibe. You're right. I was yeah. trying to think. I'm like, I've seen something like this before, but you just hit the nail on the head. Yeah. So, um, like I, I was, uh, I was, I was glad to see that he like controlled it and came back. And now it looks like he's going to what I assume is the next member of the Royal Guards. So um, I don't know her name. I'm off the top of my head. I, I don't even know if they've introduced her yet. So 
It's just a woman. So he's Too like, bad. I'm ready. So Too bad. <laughs> what is next, bro? <laughs> excellent. Excellent. But awesome. You guys want to get on to our next show? Yep. Uh, yeah. All right, uh, Tyler. Let's get after it. Yes, sir. Let's do Zom 100 episode four. Flight attendant of the dead. So Kencho and Akira go shopping for a big screen TV, but they run into some issues, meet new people, and are able to cross off multiple things from their list. And this show, this episode basically starts off with Akira playing a zombie video game. I, I don't know what this man likes about zombies. Um, You know, in a, I, I feel like if I was in a zombie apocalypse, I would not be playing zombie video games on top of a roof. Like so. you know, like that that's like being a truck driver and then coming home and playing truck driver simulator all night. Like, have, you, have you guys ever seen that <laughs> meme? It's like a TikTok. And it's the guy pulling to a rest stop and like, well, time to relax. And he just goes to his passenger seat and is playing freaking uh American trucking simulator. What the hell, bro? <laughs> wow. Psychopaths. Dude, that game is surprisingly relaxing. I'm sure it is. That's all I'm gonna say. I played it for a couple hours. Like, wow, I get this, dude. This is this is this is chilling. You mean boring? <laughs> no, man. You sometimes you gotta chill, bro. You said that you're like, how the hell do I get this truck off an on ramp right now, dude? Like, it don't sound chill to me, bro. <laughs> but there's no stakes if you crash. You just laugh. Oh, I I run people over, dude. I love it. Oh yeah. shit. See, very relaxing. <laughs> That's what that's what that's what's so chill about it. Dan says he gets to he gets to murder people. <laughs> I mean that's that's what you every video game we play involves that usually. So mm, mm. might as well do it with the truck. <laughs> <laughs> and now next thing we know, we get you know reincarnated as a truck. So. Uh, reincarnated as. A truck driver that'd be that'd be a top tier anime right there guys that's an easy guy we need oh my god right, a truck driver in another world <laughs> i would watch it bro all right so uh number 18 was marked off the the list <laughs> man I said he had enough of our bullshit he's cutting us off <laughs> um but yeah homeboy's playing a zombie video game and kencho's made some it looked like a paella type dish there it looked delicious. Uh, had like What'd seafood and rice. Paella. I don't know what the hell that is, bro. But whatever he has, <laughs> sounds delicious. It's, it's like Spanish fried rice. Yeah, oh. it's pretty much yeah. <laughs> homie, oh, homie made some dank looking seafood special fried rice right there, man. That's I just sure. seen rice and I was like, damn, this looks like my kind of helping, bro. Put yeah. some of that serving on me. Where did they get all that food though? I mean, they had some big ass prawns in there, you know some. Some uh, lobster, lobster tail. I'm gonna they say hopefully, hopefully the frozen section of the supermarket because frankly, I'm not trusting two week old seafood. <laughs> <laughs> not a fucking chance. But yeah, um... <laughs> but yeah, it's exciting. They got to uh, they got to knock a couple. They got to knock another one off the bucket list. There with stay at home camping, which is great. Yep, and. Um, so one thing that Kencho pointed out is that there's only 33 things on Akira's bucket list. And he's like, oh, I'm going to add one. This is now our bucket list. And Akira, Tendo Akira didn't like that, dude. He's like, no, 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 no. Make your own. Yeah, no, I would have felt the same way if I was Akira. Like, bro, like, that's my fucking bucket list. Like, that's mind your business, first of all, uh, to get your own bucket list. But I he did was nice it. and let Kencho add, add, I think, one. 
Yeah, he had to become a stand-up comedian. And I just loved how Akira was like, oh, I guess I got to become a stand-up comedian now too, buddy. Yeah, I don't get how that works. Like, why are you going to put your shit on his list? Because then that means he's going to have to do it too. Yeah, I don't know. It's just confusing. That's, But, I mean, we, we got like a heartfelt scene where uh, Kenjo is like, you know, since I'm putting my shit on this list, that means I'm stuck with you now. So. Mm. And that's I, pretty and awesome. I, I like that. So I wonder if other people are going to just start adding to his list and that's how he's going to have to like do things. And like, that's how like a actual plot device with the show. I think that'd be really cool. Actually. Yeah. I thought maybe, you know, we'd get a, a new member of this episode, but you know, <laughs> things happen. I was thinking the same thing. My man. <laughs> they were trying. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, while, while they're up there on the roof playing video games, Akira goes, you know what? I want to do this on a widescreen TV, and sure enough, that's on his bucket list. So what so do these stupid. two guys do? They head to the mall. <laughs> on their bike. Yeah. I was saying, like, how are you going to get a flat screen home on a motorcycle, dude? Like, that thing is going to be, like, 80 inches. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> Bro. I mean, I mean, uh is pretty swole, man. He just lifted above his head. He'll be good. I mean, that would be like a smart way to do it, but we, we see that they didn't do it that way. No, so. they, they definitely did not. <laughs> but yeah, so they make their way to the the mall, essentially, to the TV store. And there is a zombie firefighter who is holding a fire hose that is on fire, just staring there, standing there like an idiot. And they're like, oh, how do we get around this? We got to go take a different route. And all of a sudden, they see a truck. Truck? Truck. Somebody say truck? Truck. Oh. A truck with a zombified driver and dog. I do want to point out that there was like a zombified chihuahua in this thing. <laughs> so stupid. Imagine Coming we got the- a zombie truck driver in the Isakai. Oh god. <laughs> this is going notes. off the rails. He's taking notes right here. He's getting ready for his first his first manga. I got this. And so they realize it's a tanker truck full of oil. And if it crashes, it's going to basically just lead to an explosion. And there's like nowhere for them to go. I'm cracking up over here. <laughs> oh, shit. Go ahead. Yeah. My dog can open the door. So the dog opened the door and Katie is looking. She's like, do I close it? Do I leave it open? Do <laughs> See, I, close I got it? completely distracted by that shit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying really hard to talk through it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, I, I like like just seeing the zombies doing like regular jobs. Um, it was it was kind of funny. Like homeboy, it was he was a firefighter, right? But he was fighting with fire. So like, I, I really enjoyed that little little play right there. And then the truck driver was just, was just being he had he was in a fit of road rage. I actually really enjoyed this little scene. I mean, I'm glad that they have like the over the top scenes um like this because. Like, this shit ain't happening, you know, in, like, a uh, logical uh, uh, situation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it ain't happening. This dude ain't driving. Like, what's he been doing? Has he just been driving the whole time the zombie apocalypse has been happening? Thank you. Like, he somehow hasn't crashed an oil tanker for the last, like, three or four days of the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Maybe yeah. he loved his job so much that he became a zombie and still went to work. Hey man, go play zombie American trucking simulator, okay? <laughs> Keep the roads clear, but 
Yeah, I don't know. It, I, I'm glad that we have scenes like this because it keeps it, you know, it keeps it kind of, I guess, lighthearted, I guess you could say. Like, funny. This whole so, show is off the rails. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's just like super like light, fun. Uh, it doesn't mean to take itself seriously at all. Um, but yeah, like the, the truck driver comes, they have to like escape to like the underground mall. And uh, it was riddled with a bunch of zombies, which I thought they were going to be like kind of clear down there. But no, I guess the, the zombies like dark, dark places. Um, but then they stumble into a, a department store and there's people actually trapped in there. And Not I thought just it was kind of. Huh? Not just people. Flight <laughs> attendants. <laughs> <laughs> and like, uh, I guess to tie this back into the beginning of the episode. Um, uh, Ken show is actually making fun of Akira and he's like, you know, I'm going to get a date. Uh, you know, one thing on my list is to like wine and dine some flight attendants, but they have no idea. They just see like three girls and, uh, and they end up, you know, getting some booze and some food. Cause they're in a de- department store where, you know, like a, like a Walmart type deal and they're sitting down having a drink, but by candlelight and they got like a little meal with some like chips and what, whatnot going on. And they were like, uh, what do you guys do for a living? Are you coworkers? They're like yes and they're like oh, there's no way but are you and they were flight attendants that shit was so funny um, I just very loved, interesting scene I just loved their face when they found out they were flight attendants like, oh yeah the life no way breath breathed back into them dude <laughs> I just I just wonder how Akira comes up with this these bullshit uh, uh, items on this list like why would you want to have this on your bucket list Wine and dine flight attendants. Why? Why Dude, flight attendants, bro? It is. Just tell it me. Is, it is on every guy's dream bucket list to be thirty thousand feet in the air. That's different. I. It's the precursor. That's the Mile High Club. It's the precursor. Okay. Okay. It's you know they're keeping a PG for the kiddos. <laughs> oh, I, I think it just plays into like the ridiculousness of this show, which bro, you, uh, I've been enjoying. You say it's keeping it PG for the kiddos, but we literally <laughs> see it later on. Like this, this zombie was in between her legs, bro. <laughs> Not just that. One of the flight attendants no. was, uh, was, was laying it down. He, he was getting a little, <laughs> a little, uh, little Sloppenheimer going on, dude. <laughs> but I mean, that that wasn't like that wasn't even the wild. The the wild part was the song. I was like, are they really doing this right now? With the zombie, so this, this show was just off the rails, dude. I feel so oh, bad dude, for any this episode who was kid watching this. Nuts, yeah, it was way out of the way. Um, but, and then like Ken show and like the one of the flight attendant like come back trying to find the you know other flight attendant sitting by the fire, and like she's like wobbling, she can hardly like even think straight. And I just thought that shit was so funny. It's like she's done so. Oh, girl was dick drunk, and I was like, this is anime, guys, relax. Hey man, <laughs> you only live once, right? I mean, I, and I really, yeah. I, I really enjoyed too. Um, uh, uh, Akira snorting the alcohol. I I've never seen somebody snort a bottle of tequila. So good for him. That was that was impressive. Like, is that even possible to do, y'all? Yeah, snort a dying? tequila. Not in your right mind. <laughs> Snorting uh, alcohol, snorting I think you could drink liquid. a whole bottle of te- tequila, but snorting it, I think, yeah, it would get absorbed through your 
Your sinuses, you probably die. It's an anime. <laughs> like, I think but you would drown, right? Huh? You would drown, right? No, no. no your nasal no. Pa- passage is attached to your throat. Yeah, yeah, if you do it right, it would go down, but who in a right mind would do it right? Our boy Akira, dude. Don't put it <laughs> past him. He was on the rugby team. I don't know if your guys' schools had rugby teams, but rugby people are fucking insane. Uh, that that is that is true. At my school, it was like the craziest football players, and football players are already fucking crazy people. <laughs> it's like, oh, I can just like go mollywop people with less rules. Sweet. <laughs> oh god, they party so hard, dude. Like I, I don't even. I like. I went to like two rugby parties in my entire like time in college. I was like, not going back here. This is a little too much for me, dude. And I'm a, I'm a pretty pretty fun guy. <laughs> <laughs> not that Damn, fun, I can uh, just see Dan like standing around like yo what do I do <laughs> I'm not snorting tequila dude <laughs> yeah because Akira freaking snorts a bunch of tequila what does he end up doing he ends up puking his guts out and Yukari who is one of the flight attendants who earlier in the episode he said do you have a boy do you have a boyfriend like mid zombie apocalypse like dude dude's clueless <laughs> Um, so she comes and starts rubbing his back and she's like oh by the way I do have a boyfriend <laughs> way to and kick I, him while he's down dude 100% man. I felt so bad for him he was just crying into a toilet <laughs> no I didn't feel bad for him because like he was throwing up into a toilet and was like I, do I still have a chance I'm like bro no like you're bent over a toilet dog it's a wrap <laughs> she's rubbing your back bro and you snorted tequila bro no one's going for that shit you a grown ass man but yeah, yeah. Uh, dude, the whole episode is just off the rails, man. I mean, like, all these flight attendants got turned into zombies eventually. Like, I mean, the old man who was with him. So there was, I don't think we've mentioned the old man, really. There was an old man with him in the department store as well, and he had a zombie bite. And when he turned, Tyler did mention that he started, like, putting his head in this flight attendant's lap when he's a zombie, and then just lunges at her and turns her into a zombie. And then that flight attendant turns Kencha's good friend here into a zombie bro turned uh turned into a zombie and just did what he loved can't blame (laughs) him for that can't blame him for that dude (laughs) but to get to something a little more serious because this uh this episode didn't have much of it um (laughs) akira's talking with yukari about you know why he kept his job she was asking and they started talking about life and she talked about her dream was to be a flight attendant It's because of a situation she had as a child where, you know, she was worried on a plane and the flight attendants, the flight attendant rub, like rubbed her back and soothed her down. And uh, it was a really touching scene. But then, of course, the pervy zombie man just lunges at her and bites her. So game over, man. She's gone, too. And I just this whole episode was just crushing for a boy, Akira, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um an old uh, t- uh, Kinsho's girl, she got her face taken off, like quite literally. That was, that was pretty awesome. Gruesome. That was yeah. awesome. I mean, it was it was fucking sweet. Like that's our that was like our first bit of like real like hardcore violence. I felt like from this show. I mean, no, somebody what, just bearing somebody in the face with their own face. <laughs> you know, you know what's crazy though is that Akira and Kinsho like are very athletic. You know, rugby you know, uh, ex-rugby mm-hmm. players, whatever, you think that they would uh, be uh, a better um, 
better opponent to zombies, but they seem helpless um, at times when they're coming up against zombies. So, I mean, there's well, only I, so much you can do against the horde, man. Well, there's not a horde though. It's is one person. Yeah, like, can't he, you save your girl? Save well, your I, girl, bro. I, Shit. I I, I think <laughs> like. Kinsho didn't want to like he still sees them as like people like uh, you know I was just talking yeah. to this person so it's like what do I do you know like even like when he like he says oh I killed her I killed her like and she was already a zombie like he, he like they I think they feel bad but I mean actually... it's 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 either take her down or let her bite your girl that you just had sex with and he just I mean, lets I mean... her take her down he might just not want to, you know, risk his yeah, life maybe. with that shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is this is Kensha, dude. He's 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 doing that all the time, man. I mean, we got introduced to him in a in a love hotel. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't think he would like. Yeah, maybe maybe he just didn't want to deal with the day after. You know, maybe it wasn't that I mean, good. I don't really know. Like hit. He just got the top, so like. <laughs> I'm shaking my head. <laughs> but that boy Kira, if he made it that far, I guarantee this man would have like suplexed this uh, zombie coming after him. There's no way. Oh yeah, no, Akira would have definitely took care of business. But I don't think Kencho really cared that much. Yeah, I mean, Akira did give the old like right hook to the yeah. zombie who bit uh, Yukari. So good for him on that one. But it was too late, and she said some really touching words to him before she was he was turned into a zombie. She said, today felt like a really real party. Wasn't it fun? And that's not something you would ever imagine hearing from somebody who was literally just bit by a zombie and knew they were done. So I thought that was a cool scene. I think she sacrificed herself that way Akira uh, uh, could get away. So, yeah, I mean, they just like, you know, talking about their dreams. And I thought like that was a really like cool switch up from like how ridiculous this episode was. Like, it was still somehow decently grounded in the end. Um, and then, you know, she's like, before and she's like pushing him away, before she pushes him away, she's like, you know, felt like a real party today. Wasn't it fun? And like, that, that kind of hurt me a little bit. I was like, dang, like, she, <laughs> you know, she's being like, she's really being like cl- pretty clutch here. Um, but in the end of the episode, you know, they get the TV and they get out, which I don't think is important at this point. Uh, hey, in the man, episode. I mean, they got their thing TV off the bucket list done. <laughs> <laughs> they got to cross that off, but. They also had number 35 added to the list, which is, you know, remember my childhood dream. A little yeah. deep there. You know what I'm saying? Out of all this stupidity and like ridiculousness, uh, you, you got, know, our boy got something pretty, yeah, you know, something pretty meaningful. Definitely. And then the episode just ended with Akira going back to playing zombie games on a bigger TV. Very, very, very clutch. Yes. What a day. What a trip to the store. Dude, this show is a freaking roller coaster. 100%. I just want to I just want to talk about how they actually uh transported the TV. And it was in between it's like a what is it, 80 inch TV or something? Or yeah. it's it a huge had, TV. Yeah, I'd say it had like a 65. I don't think you could yeah. hold an 80. Oh, like it was this. an 8K. It was an 8K TV. 8K, yeah. This thing is yeah. a bad TV. Well, they, they had it in behind Akira and in front of Kensho, and Kensho was just holding it up um, with his hands, not even at the side, because I guess he couldn't reach that far. And I'm just sitting there thinking, like, man, if you get to go in like a pretty decent speed, like the wind force hitting that is going to knock Kensho <laughs> off the bike. No cap. 
<laughs> I mean, so I don't think you understand how strong this man's quads are. I guess, man. Quads and abs, man. He's got them abs clenched the whole all, time. All that core strength, dog. I, I, core was, strength. I, I was going to say, you're trying to bring physics into this at this point after we just watched the insanity of this episode. Yo, I feel yeah, bad we, we for Akira. across the street a couple episodes ago, so... I feel bad for Akira. Imagine the pressure that's being put on his back by Kencho right now. Like, that has to be um, tremendous. You it's know. worth it, dude. Pause. Pause. <laughs> it's worth it. Have you ever have you ever played video games on an 8K TV? Uh, I, I never sure said, you know, that man's putting a lot of pressure on that man's back. But yeah. Bro, the graphics. Like that. <laughs> the graphics on that video game is nowhere near as good for that TV. <laughs> Come on say, now. They're using like an Xbox 360 and they're trying to push it out at 8K. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. It looks like an arcade uh, game. Alright, but you, you guys ready for a Rooney <laughs> Kitchen? Yeah, let's get a little more grounded here, folks. There All ain't right, no but... such shit in Rooney Kitchen this time, is there? No. There's never no, any no. such shit in Rooney Kitchen. <laughs> let's do it, Liz. Alright, so we got Rooney Kitchen episode four here. The Fighter for Hire. Sanosuke Sagara. Ooh. So, Kenshin, Karu, and uh, Yaki Hukko visit their local hot pot restaurant uh, after finding an old treasure. While visiting, they witness a scuffle between some drunk activists and a, a brute of a man. And soon, Kenshin and this brute have a fight of their own. So this episode kind of starts with, you know, Yahiko, uh, Yahiko practicing his sword uh, skills and uh, Kenshin cutting wood. And I thought this was like a nice, light, lighthearted way to like start an episode. And uh, so Kenshin's actually cutting the wood with his, the backside of his sword, which is the sharpened end for him. And Yahiko's getting pissed off. He's like, don't use a master's skill uh, while helping out on household chores. Like, you won't even teach me any of this. And you have the nerve to cut wood with it in front of me. And I just thought that was, that made me like chuckle a little bit. Because I would feel offended too. You know, <laughs> like he's cutting this wood like perfectly in half with his sword. And he won't teach me how to use it. So, whatever. <laughs> uh, and he's messing up his rhythm, apparently, is what he said too. <laughs> yeah. I was like, bro, you just trying to complain about everything. Dude, he, he's a he's a huge complainer. That's Yahiko for you, dude. Yeah, yeah. he's a he's a bitch of a kid. Um, <laughs> but Karu actually, you know, is uh found she found her like grandfather's an ink painting because he was a famous ink painter as well as a samurai. And uh, they actually get to go eat some hot pot or some uh, sukiyaki. Have y'all ever been to a hot pot restaurant? I fucking love hot pot, dude. It's so fucking awesome, dude. It's so good. I had that for my birthday this year. That's how much I like it. Now, I I it was actually the first time I tried it. I haven't ever been to like a hot pot restaurant, but uh, I've I think I've had hot pot before in my uh, buddy's house. So uh, with uh, he's like um, he's got a, a Cambo- Cambodian wife, and she like cooks uh, like all these different you know uh, foods like that, you know, uh, and hot pots and stuff like that. So. Were you sitting around a table and you all cooking at the same time in a big old pot in the middle of it? Because that's what it takes to make a hot pot, dude. I wasn't cooking anything, so I was just <laughs> eating. <laughs> but yeah, no, I love hot pot. It was cool to see them, you know, going to the, their local uh, sukiyaki restaurant. Um, and it's pretty apparent, you know, while they're there, they, they kind of run into some, some drunks arguing about uh, democracy. 
and whatnot. And one of them throws a bottle uh, across the room, hits Kenshin in the back of the head, and uh, Kenshin doesn't seem too upset about it. But uh, Sanonusuke, Sanon, Sanonus, wow, <laughs> Sasuke, <laughs> Sasuke. <laughs> Just call him Zanza, God, dude. God dang it. Sagara uh, confronts the drunks and, uh, you know, he they get, go outside after he's like, you know, like, you know, what are you guys doing in here? You're being loud and, and disrupting the place. And he actually gets uh, one of the, I guess, activists, I, I would call them, uh, attacks him with like a hidden Suntetsu. And he actually hurts himself in the hand. So a Suntetsu is like a small stone uh, that is cylindrical and like rounded at the end into like a point and so it's like blunt force trauma and like he tries to poke him in the forehead with it and it actually ends up going through his his hand instead of uh (laughs) instead of uh sanusuke's like forehead which i thought was pretty sweet man's got some serious durability and going on and um pretty low diff fight right there yeah it had a really good life lesson to this one if you're really toasted don't try and use weapons in a fight. It's going to go poorly. <laughs> yeah, and then from there, like, uh, one of the drunks you know, goes to pull, pull a sword, and Kenshin, like, it's, like, right behind him fucking ready. He's like, uh, if you pull that, then I might have to step in. And uh, he ends up saying, which I thought was a pretty cold line from Kenshin is, before you correct the government, you need to correct yourselves. <laughs> Bars. That you Bars. do. <laughs> yeah, dude. yeah, you gotta end it with that. That you do. Yeah, you're right. You're right that you're right. you do. Aura, Aura, yeah, Aura, Aura, Aura. But yeah, so uh, the three drunks basically stumble off, and uh, Zanza, our fucking boy here, walks up, and he's like, "That was pretty good of you to take that, uh, take that bottle to the back of the head, because if you did it, your friend here's face would be bleeding pretty good right now." And he's like, I didn't mean to do that, blah, blah, blah. And then it like flashes back to the scene and he just stands there and takes it. He's got the squiggly <laughs> anime eyes going on after I was crying. I, I like love how Kenshin just tries to be like so like goofy, uh, goofy, aloof. And like, you know, aloof, like, uh, unopposing, aloof. Um, and he, like he's really just that guy the entire time. <laughs> I, I love it I, one of my favorite moments of this episode was when Yahi I don't know when it was but Yahiko uh, uh, Kenshin says Oro and Yahiko goes don't you Oro me <laughs> <laughs> I laughed yeah. so hard at that shit <laughs> I don't even know when it happened it just happened sometime in this episode I think it's when uh, it was after don't you Oro me <laughs> Oh shit! And, uh, <laughs> it was a pretty good moment because, like, Yahiko is just not taking this bullshit anymore. He's like, "Dude, I, I know you know exactly what's going on around you at all times." Yeah, he's like, "You ain't got me fooled, boy." <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, uh, Sanusuke ends up challenging Kenshin. You know, after seeing how strong he is, and the Himuru brothers, the the, the brothers from episode one and two. Uh, actually end up hiring Sanusuke because, I mean, he's pretty much a hired, hired uh, bully, I, I would call him. I don't think he's exactly a killer. Uh, that's, you know, his name, Sansa, fighter for hire. And he pretty much just gets off on fighting really strong people. Um, that's the only way he'll, like, take a job. 
And like, he charges looking... people based on how much fun he has fighting them. <laughs> yeah, Fucking he's sicko. He's just looking for a challenge, man. I respect the shit out of that. And I guess that's pretty ingenious. Like he's he's doing something he loves and he's getting paid for it. But also it's kind of like it, it's a little little shitty of him. Like if you want to go fight strong people, just go find strong people to fight instead of like letting people you know like hire you. Seems a little messed up. Uh, yeah, I, I had some um um like I had some things against him. Like he he went so hard on arguing about you know not being a bully and stuff like that. But he's essentially a bully for hire, right? Yeah, I mean that's literally what he is. So, like if, no. if some bullies do it for fun and homies are in a check, so good for him. No, yeah, but, I mean, but still, he is like, being a he's bully. a hypocrite, bro. Yeah, he's a complete hypocrite. And that's hey, why I'm pretty sure Kenshin called him out on his bullshit too. Right? Yeah, he said he was twisted. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, I just didn't understand that because you know, in the restaurant scene, you know, he was going so hard on being righteous and not being a bully and all this other stuff, and then we find out what he actually is and that he's actually just a bully himself. So, hey, man. You put a little cheddar on the line, a lot of people will, will go back on their words, you know? <laughs> yeah, but uh, old Zanza, uh, Sonusuke, is, you know, he's known throughout uh, Eastern Tokyo as, you know, Zanza for hire. He's like a, actually a really strong person. And uh, so he's excited to fight Kenshin. He thinks he, he, he can box with him. And, you know, he kind of pulls up to the dojo where, where Kenshin's at and, like, it's like, you know, let's fight. Like, I, I'm, I'm here to, like, come beat your ass. You, you know what I'm saying? Come get some. And uh, Sanusuke and Kenshin end up sensing the Hemero brothers just, like, around the corner because their plan is to have Sanusuke uh, fight Kenshin, injure him. They know he's going to lose. Like, I think everybody but Sanusuke knows he's going to lose. Uh, <laughs> and then they're going to they're gonna pull the blick out and shoot him. <laughs> like that's such like low down dirty ass bullshit. Oh, like it's nuts. That's some baby back bullshit right there. A hundred percent. But I, I mean, oh go for it. I was gonna say I don't know what they thinking, but um, you know, even after the fight with uh, you know, after Kenshin beats Sanosuke, um, a gun ain't gonna stop him. You know, still I don't. They're idiots. <laughs> hey man, he hasn't beat him yet. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just saying, like, even like, if like, after yeah. that happens, you know, hypothetically, like, a gun's not going to stop him. I'm sorry, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's a scene where um, both Kenshin and Zanza recognize uh, the evil aura around the corner. And basically, they call him out, and the Himura brothers come out, and Zanza basically just takes the gun and smashes <laughs> it between his fists, which is ridiculous that is, that is iron folks that is that is steel that is iron I, I would like to is. modify in a, in a Kenshin statement he said stinking evil gotta tell him they smell bad too true Oro huh you guys just know that means ha huh, right yes yes okay good and it doesn't matter bro Oro don't Oro him <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so we get this awesome fight scene or we think we're gonna get this awesome fight scene and uh sonosuke breaks out his partner 
Zanbato, which is this old relic of a sword that was designed to take down a general on a horse. Like this thing is like six feet long. It's huge. And I will point out that I think they made it look smaller in the reboot than it was in the original. Bass, did you feel that way? Oh, it was much smaller in the reboot. Yeah, I was no, this thing sad. was so big <laughs> before. Like it was, it was ginormous. Oh, it had to be like it's two like feet reasonably wide. big now. Yeah, like it was like big. two feet wide, and maybe yes. now it's a foot. It's like, come on, man, make the sword bigger. <laughs> <laughs> but now, now we know why our man is like so slow and strong, you know, because he's literally trained to use this. Uh, oversized sword it's like i don't i'm pretty sure they said to wait in the anime um episode but um i, I have no idea off the top of my head but it's it's got to be heavy as hell and this dude's just swinging around like crazy so yeah big swall big swall uh i really liked how sanusuke like broke down kenshin's backstory um and it kind of shed some light uh, on like what he was actually up to uh, earlier in his life, you know, that he kind of like let us know that Kenshin, you know, kind of worked as um, a swordsman. I'm going to say we'll break it down in a second from the age he was 14 to 19. So boy was like a, a, a kid prodigy pretty much. And he spent the first two and a half years as an, as an assassin. And then, you know, literally was a, a, com a commando swordsman and like we're protecting um, his imperial comrades from like, the show Shogunate. And he actually went missing after a big victory at Toba Fu, uh, Fuhimi, Fushimi, excuse me. And yeah, and now he's a Roroni. So we have a little bit more Kenshin backstory, which is always nice for our, our new, uh, people that are new with this anime. Um, but Sanusuke, he's not a, he's like a, he's a bit of a brute of a fighter, but he's not dumb. He wants to understand people. He's, he's not brainless, which I, I like that they point out here. Yeah, he, he literally says, you know, the fight don't begin, you know, now, you know, the fight begins when you're looking up your opponent or whatever. So, yes, sir. But got to know your enemy, man. Yeah. But yeah, it also comes out later in the episode that Sonosuke hates Imperials because all they do is lie. He talks about how. You know, this whole new era they're in is equality for all four classes, which is a bunch of bullshit. And this is the era that Kenshin helped put in place. So he has a full reason to go at him with everything he's got. And he breaks out Zanbato, like we said. And uh, Kenshin says, hey, we don't want to do this to the dojo. They bring it to the riverbed. And they start going at it. And, uh, well, it took one, one slash for uh, old Zanza here to get blown 100 feet back into a bridge. So... Yes. <laughs> Not sure how well this fight's gonna go for him. <laughs> I mean, he he kind of um uh, I don't think the first time I saw this I was expecting it at all, but he he kind of just like walked out of that plume of smoke pretty much unharmed after getting hit by Kenshin and uh Kaoru actually says it, you know, everybody else that he's hit with this technique, it's one blow and they're like knocked out for, you know, hours. Uh this guy gets hit in the middle of the chest and he kind of just walks back up and then they kind of realize it's not really uh, Sanusuke's strength that wins him fights. Wins him fights is his durability. Like, he's got a freaking rock-hard body. Uh, and we're not just talking about his abs, guys. And <laughs> <laughs> Pause. 
Leo? Oro? Oro? But yeah, like it, it's a, that's a cool detail. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. I don't remember exactly how this fight ended up going, but I think it's actually ends up being very, very entertaining. So th- I think this is this is what I would call like our first real fight. Big fight. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm excited and for the next episode. That is where the episode ends. Little yep. cliffhanger mid battle. Hate that. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But. It should be hot right out the gate next episode. So, you would yeah. hope, anyways. We shall see. Definitely. You guys want to get on to JJK? Let's rock. Yeah. So, we got Jujutsu Kaisen hidden inventory four. And a lot happens in this action packed episode. We get to see Ghetto take on Toji, the aftermath of that fight, and the return of the honored one. Guess who that is? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna nobody? guess Gojo. No, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Gojo high on life. No, you th- you thought you had it right though. But yeah, he's right. But anyways, <laughs> I just wanted to say wrong. But uh we start Oro? off uh with a replay of what happened to Rico, and it was from a different point of view this time. Um the camera kind of like was behind her and followed her as she fell. Did y'all did y'all enjoy that? No, I didn't watch. I didn't enjoy watching this nice girl get murdered a second time. No, I mean, like, did y'all enjoy the uh, the way they done the camera work? Like, I thought it was like it was clean. pretty it, cool. Yeah, it so, was pretty clean. I, yeah, no, you're right. Like, imagine if they done that. Like, I think that scene would have hit harder if they had done something like that in the last episode too but i i enjoyed it i mean i didn't enjoy it but it looked nice so it looked very good so yeah i, I was with it uh, yeah 100 follow you on that one yeah it was wild that they changed it up but i enjoyed it um but then we get into the ghetto and toji fight um you know the animation was like super crazy um i you know, five minutes into this show and we're already like like hitting crazy animation levels of uh you know of ghetto and Toji just going at it. And um did y'all enjoy the animation as well? Like did y'all think it was like one of the top uh episodes of JJK so far? Uh yeah. I, I definitely told a couple of people um that were just starting the season that this is probably one of the best episodes of JJK there has been. Um top two and it ain't two type shit um <laughs> but yeah i just i thought it was pretty cool you know like I, how um i mean how the fight progressed the animation was like pretty crisp um but it was pretty cool overall yeah the one thing i was thinking while watching it and i was just thinking to myself i was like this is mappa you know this is what they yeah. do but it wasn't that much like crazy better than like what we saw in like some other episodes of JJK or like even Hell's Paradise. I was like, this is like the most hype scene of this arc. And I don't know. I feel like they could have just done a little better. Honestly, I thought the scene where you had um, Ghetto and uh, Toji fighting in the basement with all the crazy shit falling and like them doing all that stuff was honestly like a little more like better animated, in my opinion. But that's just me. 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's, that's pretty fair. It was um, really good though. <laughs> but you figure, you know, like that's map is going to put a lot into that one. And I feel like they could have just done a little more too, especially with some of the manga panel adaptions were like subpar and a lot of people were complaining about it on like Twitter and stuff like that. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And uh, Toji, Toji kind of explains, we was all wondering how he was able to get, like, find his way into the tomb and stuff. And uh, he kind of explains how he was able to do it. Uh, he said the barriers were made to conceal, not really uh, keep people out. He said the door is, like, full of holes, if you know where the door is. And, um, you know, there's no guards there guarding it, because obviously they want the door to remain unknown, where the mm-hmm. whereabouts unknown. And um, so his heavily packed, you know, heightens his senses. So he was able to actually track like footsteps and smell and stuff of ghetto and uh Rika Rico um in order to uh uh find this door and just go in it. So it was pretty I, interesting to see that. So I wanna take back everything I said. I had a big brain fart. I thought you said Gojo, not ghetto. Uh this this animation was gas. This is fucking awesome. Sorry. This fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm I, I, was I was gonna let you have that one. I wasn't even gonna fight you. No, I'm already sitting there. I'm like, wait, I'm talking about the wrong fight. No, this well, was okay. awesome. Okay. I was confused okay. because you said when Ghetto was in the basement fighting Toji, I'm, I'm like, Where, when else was he fighting Toji? Hey man, I watched this. I watched this like on Thursday before I went camping, and it's like a week later. I'm I'm taking I'm taking the L. Hey man, <laughs> you, sometimes you got to do the rewatch, dog. <laughs> I, I, said, I, I, don't time, fucking I didn't have time, man. <laughs> it's all good. I didn't, I didn't have time. We had so much shows to watch this week. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to let Dan have this one because I don't know what he's talking about, bro. <laughs> I, I'm not going to reiterate what I said, but I was talking about Gojo versus <laughs> there Toji we go. later there in the episode. Go, so I won't say it again. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, but this was a great uh, overall. Like this episode was a great two for one. Like we got both of those fights in one episode. Give me a fucking break, man. Yeah, and the the good thing is, I mean, I don't think we're gonna have time to go over every little detail. But no. they they gave out a lot of information, um, about like Toji and Ghetto and even Gojo in this episode. Um, like it was information galore. Like, it was just so much information um, about uh, how Toji, like, made him made himself invisible, even it, since he had, like, a cursed spirit. Like, um, it turns yeah, he, out like, he, like, that, swallows it and puts it in yeah. his belly. Yeah, and, like, it made yeah. it so small, and it's, that's wild, like, in order to do that, but... Uh, Gross. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do when everybody else got powers, man. Fair yeah. enough. But uh, but yeah, Ghetto, Ghetto, and Toji go at it um pretty good, and uh, Ghetto like slings a bunch of uh you know um uh, uh spirits at him and uh some fucking even one laser of, beams yeah laser beams and I think one at the end even had like some sort of domain expansion um I believe uh uh right the the one the lady um that looked like out of the grudge yes. um, oh yeah yes. am i am i pretty yeah am i pretty oh that would um, have me shook i was sitting down on my couch and that shit had me shook <laughs> like it was wild ghetto was throwing a lot at this man and he just like was uh, like countering at ease and um 
Brandon, and then, those were his two strongest curses, actually. Yeah. Um, that white dragon, I mean, got absolutely wrecked, got cut clean in half long ways. Uh, that was impressive. I, I was really impressed with Toji. We we see that Toji is that fucking guy, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, Ghetto and uh, Gojo are considered the strongest, and he was like, nah, bro, I got prep time. I'm fucking Batman in this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> So um, no, he he pieced him apart. You know, he you know, he was on his back foot for some of the fight, but overall he was just countering everything Ghetto wanted to do consistently throughout the fight, which is I mean, it says a lot about who the fuck he is, you know. And then, you know, Ghetto actually has like a at the time I thought it was a big brain play. I mean, it should have been. Um Ghetto tries to absorb the the spirit, Toji's spirit, and uh, mm-hmm. cuz he was like, you know, it's not a very strong spirit, so I should be able to just absorb it. And if I absorb it, it'll get rid of his arsenal, you know, and then he'll be, he'll just be a human basically. And, um, he tries to do it. And like it, it, when it touches him, it just rejects him. And I'm still not sure why that happened. Um, to be honest with you. Yeah. It could be because the spirit has a pact with Toji. I mean, it's the only thing I can think of. But it's, it's, I mean, he knew that and he still tried to do it and he didn't think that it mattered or obviously well, he wouldn't I, have I, done it. I thought Ghetto was like in the process of like turning it into that, like that sphere he has to eat or consume. Um, and then Toji got in the way of while he was creating that sphere. That's what I thought was happening uh, because I was wondering that too. And I think I, I went back and like rewatched it, but I think he was in the process of consuming it. And oh, like, see. It, I didn't. I didn't see the spear thing. I just seen him like it, it coming yeah, towards like, his like, hand. Yeah, he was like you know? sucking it, and he was gonna put it, make it in that spear thing, and then eat it because it has to be in that oh. little ball thing. I thought and, he said something along the lines of the spear, so we I don't have to eat it. I could just absorb it through my hand. I thought he said something like that. Oh no! So how is um, remember when I we did like power broken works. powers? Yeah, I know how his power works, but I thought he said the spear, so we I don't need to do it that way. And I can just absorb it. Uh, so, um. Usually he has to defeat if they're stronger than them or like one stage off of him, he has to defeat them. Like a oh, Pokemon. Okay. He has to exercise them. But he's no matter what, he still has to create that ball to eat them with. Okay. Gotcha. So he was just saying he didn't have to exercise it. He could just eat it. Yeah, he didn't have to weaken it before he right. caught it. <laughs> like <Pretty> Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> damn, I'm never gonna look at this shit the same again. Tyler, thank you. <laughs> But that, welcome, that, that did give Toji the opening just to uh, slash him up real good. And after he defeats Ghetto, he basically says, I'm not going to kill you because I uh, don't know what's going to happen. All these spirits you absorb. I'm kind of <laughs> worried about that. You got a lot of demons in you, buddy. He's like, I don't <laughs> have time to deal kill. with that. That's crazy, boy. <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, a good it's... point. I'm glad he thought about that because like he could have put himself in a terrible situation. He's a smart dude. He really is. Yeah, and uh, that's the end of that fight. Uh, Toji takes down another one. Uh, Ghetto's down for the count, but not dead because obviously there's a uh, potential risk if he dies. <laughs> Boy has a nuke uh, yeah. <laughs> in his chest or something. I don't fucking know. Um, but yeah, next we see like the outside of the what is it? The um, Star, Star Religious Group HQ. Yeah, they're they're inside it, I think. That that is a big ass fucking church looking building, dude. That cult has some money. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they had you know, they had uh, a decent amount of money to get put this hit out. 
Um, I think they're well-connected, well-funded. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, uh, you know, they basically just ha- have this little meeting um, with uh, what we thought was the the leader of the Star Religious Group. And it turns out he's just a representative. Um, and it, he just shows, uh, gives them Rico's dead body. And uh, they was like, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought you was going to fail, you know, but we had to try to do something because, you know, if we didn't, our followers would just, you know, basically disown us is what I got out of it. And we would just crumble as a organization. So, um, but they couldn't really go all out because the sorcerers would, you know, just demolish them. So they had to do something. And that something was hire Toji and, Somehow they just hired the right man for the job. <laughs> he just got yeah. the shit done. So and pretty much a hail mary that actually worked. Yeah. So, and they was like, you know, oh well. I mean, did, this is going to cost us a lot of money, but um, I it's guess be- it's worth it. So yeah, it's it's better than your whole cult just disintegrating yeah. under you. You know, what I mean, gotta try. When you're, when you're at the top of a cult, you got a lot of power and a lot of money, so you don't want to lose that. Yeah, and they I think they said at the end he they was like, you know, I thought we was gonna lose everything, but we ended up gaining gaining the world is what they said, I believe. So it was it was pretty wild uh scene. Um showing how all that worked and why they did what they did, so but yeah, uh I think what happens next is they go outside the headquarter and basically Toji and his partner um, I assume his business partner was discussing, you know, everything that happened in Okinawa, the, the uh, kidnapping and stuff like that. And uh, they, I think uh, they mentioned that. Um, yeah, they see. took they took the maid to Okinawa because the organization had a private jet, so that was the easiest way to do it instead of taking a car. <laughs> I was like, damn, they got money. Oh yeah, what I was gonna say is that um uh Toji told his partner to kill um the maid after she was kidnapped and he decided to alter the plan and um because he was like, Well, if Gojo succeeds and you know the rescue mission then it'll end up making me more tired and do you think that that was actually true do you think if they had failed and the maid had gotten killed that he would have been less tired like and used his yeah. uh powers less yeah he definitely would have been less tired and like it even compounded on itself right so they were you know when ghetto was asking hey do we need to go back today and gojo was like no let's wait one more day he was pretty much tiring himself out that entire time. So, it, I mean, the plan worked out perfectly. Yeah, he probably wouldn't have stayed in there. They probably wouldn't have been in the mood to stay an extra day at that point if uh, she had been killed, right? Right. So, I, mean, I guess that was a even, good play, right? Yeah, I mean, if they would have just sent him a, a, a picture of the dead body or, you know, they got there and she was dead, yeah, they, they would have just left. Yeah. So, that was very smart. Um, Told you with the big brain plays, something serious with it. Yeah, <laughs> you ain't kidding, bro. But uh, speaking of Toji, um, the next thing that happens is her man Toji was just leaving, and all of a sudden he sees someone on uh the bridge, and it's her man Gojo. He's back from the dead. So, 
what y'all boys think about that when he showed uh, up again? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't very surprised because he's well, in um, the anime still, yeah. and uh, you know he wasn't dead, but right. I, thought this, I thought the scene was pretty hype. I mean, you got to be pretty fucking good at um, manipulating cursed energy to be able to use it to heal yourself, which is what he did. So that's nuts. How did that work, bro? Uh, so basically, with his power, he can create positive cursed energy, which can be used to heal and create. So that's what he did. He basically manipulated the cursed energy in his body to heal himself, which is nuts. So, and going off that, whenever he says reverse curse technique, so a uh, curse technique, you know, is like a minus energy, which uh, destroys, kind of. But mm -hmm. when you reverse it, it becomes a positive energy, which creates. Okay. And so, Thank you. and so when he was using this reverse, he said that he put all of his energy when he got stabbed in the throat, he put all of his energy into a reverse curse technique that, you know, helped him uh, regen, I guess. And he, he brought up a point. He said, you should have, you should have either cut my head off or you should have stabbed me with the cursed weapon because that cursed weapon you know, negated, you know, cursed, uh, cursed energy. Mm -hmm. And that wouldn't have been able to happen. Gojo wouldn't have been able to, um, use cursed energy if he would have stabbed him with the, his, uh, cursed weapon. But instead he stabbed him with a, um, uh, I guess a regular knife or something like that through the throat. So that was the cursed weapon. He stabbed him through the throat with He's I think he was saying you should have left it in. Yeah, or I think he stabbed him in the head. I, I think he stabbed him through the head with something else, though, is yeah, what he so was talking about. After he used the curse blade, he pulled out a knife yeah. and just stabbed him like 14 times or something like that. Oh, like you're talking really. about that, not the, not the one he stabbed him in the neck with, because th that was yeah. with the curse one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but when, when, he, when he pulled it out, you know, it doesn't work anymore. Right. So, and then he finished he finished the job, you know, um, with another weapon, Okay. which, uh, you know, uh, Gojo was able to uh, manipulate his cursed energy and reverse it. And he actually said that was the first time he was ever able to do that, was in that moment. He was like, I was on the verge of death. And, uh, and I guess that's why I finally understood it. I finally understood how to do it. So it's wild. Um, but Dan was saying um, earlier in the episode um, that... <laughs> a lot of a lot of the manga panels, a lot of the people was upset about manga panels not being adapted correctly. And we get to the first one. Um, and this was a big one. This was, you know, the biggest uh um in adaptation, I guess you can call it, of the episode, I think. And it was when uh Toji says, Our fight is just getting started, and Gojo responds uh in the anime, Oh, is it? Yeah, maybe so. But in the manga, like I'll drop it in Discord as well. Um, Gojo says, What? Is that right? Maybe you're right. You're so right. You know, and he's it just looks like he's being like a smart ass. He's like over the top being a smart ass, you know, like, oh, you're so right, bro. <laughs> like I'm I'm about to I'm about to stomp your shit in the ground. But yeah, <laughs> sure, you're so right. <laughs> the fight is just started. You got it, man. Yeah. <laughs> cool <laughs> i mean shit dude toji just makes her a mark about how gojo is just high <laughs> high as a fucking kite on like yeah. adrenaline and everything else right now i mean dude is off his fucking rocker oh, dude is high on power yeah i think it was mostly power bro yeah 
I mean, some uh, so MDMT was probably released in his brain as well, though, because uh, he was dying. But you know, he he he's on something. Bro was on something, um, and I like enjoyed it. Like it was a little off putting seeing Gojo like this. Uh, this oh, I whole, loved it. Uh, this whole fight made me like him a lot less. Uh, I, I feel like you know he was really yeah yeah yeah. 100%. I loved it. I loved it, dude. This is what I you mean, need from a from an overpowered psychopath like Gojo, you know. Well, I mean, think think about it though. Like he literally just died technically, and he come back to life. Like he's feeling himself right now. He's like, bro, <laughs> y'all can't touch this shit. Like I'm, I'm beyond him. y'all. who do you think you fucking are yeah i mean that and then also i mean he learned how like tyler said he learned how to manipulate reverse cursed energy which is going to take his powers to another level dude a dude is just high on power and like you said and And i feel like i'd be a little 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 fucked up if that was me too dude not gonna lie yeah you're like the pinnacle of like your craft like there's no one that can fuck with you at all the, the pinnacle of sorcery you know yeah like you're 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 it like that's it and we all you know toji tries to hit him like several times i don't think he ever landed the hit but then he uh um he goes on to talk about um uh the powers that gojo possesses you know he's got the power to stop you know incoming projectiles and stuff like that and it's called a neutral application and we got the power to attract, which is like the amplified application, they call it, which is blue, you know, this mm-hmm. is what they call it. Then they got the power to repel, which is a reverse curse technique, red. And it was also the first time he was able to use red, because we've seen him before, you know, try to use red, and it didn't work, remember? He was right. like, oh, I thought I would try that, or something like that, I think in the last couple episodes. But yeah, this he time was, he, he actually fight- got it done, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he was like fighting the guy that was making clones. And so not only does he do reverse curse technique for the first time to heal himself, he uses reverse curse technique red successfully for the first time. Then he creates a new curse technique called purple, which uh, adds the power to attract and the power to repel together, creating purple, red and blue creating purple, and uses that to just decimate toji man and you know we get the scene where you know gojo's like i alone you know oh i I only remember how it goes uh throughout heaven and earth i alone and uh, am the honored one yeah and uh, it was just a wild scene so yeah i did like um how gojo like explained like the 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 drawbacks of actually having famous techniques. He's like, you know, pretty much, you know, one, there's advantages, you know, your, your, you know, your techniques pretty much come with a manual, right? Yeah. But at the same time, if, you know, someone knows a lot about sorcery, they probably know exactly what your powers are as to, you know, and probably know who you are too. Um, But then he's like, you know, what's, what I can do is I can use that, you know, he knows I have red. He knows I have blue. I can create purple, which he doesn't know I have at all. So I, I, I still have an element of surprise, um, which is usually when you can catch your opponents lacking the best if they think they know you really well. So I thought it was cool. It was cool that he like explained that as he was uh, pushing uh, our boys' uh, wig back right there. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And he mentioned too that there's only a select few in the Gojo clan that know about this ability because it's yep. so rare. 
and um it was it was terrifying one of my favorite scenes out of this whole episode was when toji's just down there like explaining all of gojo's abilities and he was like i can handle this shit and gojo's just like floating in the air on his back with like spread eagle he doesn't even looking up (laughs) and he's just looking up and he's just like the world just looks so beautiful right now yeah he's like a toji's like an ant to him right now he just don't give a shit dude he had his little aaron yeager moment when he's looking up in the air and saw the birds he's like this is freedom yeah i mean (laughs) this man is just out there and and Toji just starts attacking him, and he's like, what? What are you doing down there? Hold up. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I'm not really, like, mad at you right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm still going to do you in. Yeah. But yeah, so, so the attack hit, and Toji lost literally half his body. Like, I mean, he, the, the man was missing, like, half of his, like, torso. And, and um, I, I think how, like, this power works is, like, so it's an imaginary mass right so like pretty much anything it touched it turns into nothing just like on contact oh god i mean there was a whole like the whole building had like a circle oh, through the whole yeah, thing yeah. yeah it's just anything that touches it just turns into nothing it makes it imaginary in a way jesus so i really enjoyed the uh the scene where they was like you know gojo used purple on him and we didn't really see toji but it it showed um the camera the point of view coming out of the building's hole like it was coming out of the hole and then it come through you know what we see is toji's whole side of his body and i really enjoyed that scene they they done camera povs like very good this episode oh yeah it was clean and then what what really got me is when he reached over to his side and like he was trying to feel of uh what kind of damage was done the dude was having like phantom, you know, phantom uh, feelings or whatever they call, you know, he was trying to re- trying to feel his side and there's nothing there, bro. So he's just grabbing thin air. So I guess it just hadn't hit him yet. He was still pain free trying to <laughs> see what was like, up. We're just going to block this out until the <laughs> lights go out. There's really no point in even feeling this, guys. <laughs> But yeah, this was one of my favorite uh, uh, scenes or episodes uh, mm-hmm. probably of summer season so far, right? Um, until next week, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah. yeah no, this, was, I, this was fantastic. I mean, it, it's, you know, we had um, Toji like talking about his two year old, you know, two, three year old son who was going to be sold to the Zenin clan. Um, he said, if that means anything to you, we know that's uh, Furigusho. Well, I can't say his name right now. Fushiguro. Uh, Fushiguro um, from our main timeline right now. Um, but yeah, the after credit scenes were really creepy. Yeah. I hated them. I mean, so it's they were like, good, but I hated it. Yeah. I mean, Ghetto shows back up uh, all healed up thanks to the nurse at the school. And um, it just flashed into a scene of Gojo carrying Rico's body out of the cult and all these cult members are just sitting there clapping and it was just something out of a fucking parallel like i don't even know what to call it dude like it's just a fucked like up universe Twilight Zone shit. Yeah. yeah and um we got a really really cool scene though i liked where um so basically gojo just is still high on life like you can see it in his eyes he's like should we kill them all 
And Ghetto's <laughs> like, no, bro, chill out, man. But you see the scene. <laughs> we have where, to have a reason. <laughs> I mean, this is this is I think this is like the point in the show where um Ghetto finally makes his flip-flop to the dark side. I mean, there's a scene where it shows ghetto with like a black and red background and then gojo with like a light blue background just to signify the divide between them growing and i thought that was a really cool scene yeah i think so too and like there was a couple things that got dropped in this uh this episode we know ghetto calls you know non-sorcerers or people without cursed energy monkeys and toji was you know like laughing at ghetto so you let a monkey like me beat you you know you have curse manipulation like what you know what do you think's really going on here like um you know he also thought he killed gojo so, like, there's some serious resentment, like, starting to bubble up in, in Ghetto. And I think that's exactly what you said, oh. Dan, is what's, what's about to happen here. We finna see our boy snap. Yeah. <laughs> Low-key. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, hell of a lot going on in this episode. I mean, we've we just spent 30 minutes talking about it. So, it's definitely... <laughs> Very important. Very important. Yeah, it's, it's one of those ones that just takes a lot longer than you could imagine. Like, there's just so much in it. And I apologize for my little snafu there. But uh, I was talking about it's the Gojo good, fight. Man. It's all good. Because if, if you... I'll go for it, Tyler. No, I was... You... Oh, I yeah, was... I was just... I was just going to say that, you know, some of the stuff wasn't adapted, like it was from the manga, which a lot of people yeah. had problems with. But at the same time, it's like... It's tough. It's tough to adapt everything panel for panel, and people need to understand that. Yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna rant right now, but I, I'm just gonna sh- sh- you know, <laughs> briefly say that there's like eighty thousand frames in each episode that we watch, and there's not nearly that many amount of manga panels, so it's not always going to be the same, and not everything looks the same in motion, so it's going to look a little different as it should. Yeah. It has to, I mean, have to adapt the art to the medium. I do feel like they should have, you know, uh, went word for word you know adapted that because that that was a very big moment oh, in for the sure. manga you know but i don't know how they could mess that up but they did so here we are yeah. you know and i but, think this is basically like the finale of hidden inventory right so that's why this uh this uh it's not um, the finale it's kind of like no, the no, 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 and no. then we have one more episode oh it's well it's a different kind of arc i guess it's the premature death arc Oh, is that, whatever. that starts next week? Yeah, well, there was only there's only one episode, and then we get the month-long break, so... But. Okay, I thought the All next right. episode was Hidden Inventory 5, but... No, it's gonna okay. it's a premature death arc. Uh, one episode, and then we get the month break, then we go to Shibuya, Shibuya Incident arc, so... Okay, so we're getting a one-episode arc? I guess so. Uh, I don't oh, read the manga, so but, you know... Fuck, JJ, <laughs> oh, fuck, we don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay i guess well um, but you, you guys ready for want... some one piece let's get to it dude all right we got boys we got epi- uh one piece episode 1070 <laughs> luffy is defeated question mark the determination cool. of those left behind so everyone uh kaido announces as well as the announcer for the show uh he peeks his head in the door every once in a while but they both announced that luffy has fallen battle is over he's dead and what makes things worse is Kaido comes down off the roof talking his shit as he should, you know, uh, maybe not, but I would if I was him. But, you know, after 800 years, the world's greatest drum solo begins. <laughs> yeah, not not a whole lot happens in this episode. I feel like just mainly reaction and yeah. stuff like that, so... I mean, you got to have it. Um, I yeah. will say before Kaido flies down, though, he's just having like an internal breakdown. 
and Gernika, the CP0 members up there. And Kado just looks at him. He's like, you fucked up, bro. And you just see Gernika <laughs> like tip his hat and just grab his arm because he knows he's about to get blasted to hell. <laughs> <laughs> and Kaido just smacks the shit out of him and kills him. And all you see is his CP0 buddy. I believe it's Joseph. Yeah. This other guy just tip his hat, and I was like, "Oh my god, why are we tipping hats, bro?" <laughs> and like, yeah, I mean, kind of like he was about to have a conniption uh, right there. I mean, because like he he just has like his his uh, club resting on on uh, Luffy, and he's like, "Wait, like this is it's actually it's over." Yeah, he just wants to fight, bro. Yeah, I mean, Kaido's been ready to die for a minute, bro. And the problem is, is that's the second fucking time he's been robbed of it. Yeah. Second time, because he got robbed of Odin taking him down, too. And he's just, he can't do it, man. I can't blame him. Yeah, and uh, our boys from CP0, uh, um, like, they, like, they, they did, that's the reason why they didn't want to go up there. That's why they was like, are you sure? Do you know what you're asking us to do? It was yeah, a suicide We're asking mission. you to die, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Get your ass up there. <laughs> yeah, he knew he he knew it was a rap. He was like, yeah, kind of turns to him. He's like, you, do you know what you just did? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, I, guess, I do. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew this one was coming. Peace. Oh yeah, hundred like, percent. I'm here. Hit me and with your I... best shot, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's like, he didn't even try to run. I respect that. He's like, you know what? I, I deserve this. I, I know I deserve this. But yeah, Kaido attacks Granica, and he's like. You know, this is boring. Like, this sucks. It's boring. Uh, you know, he pretty much had his two, like, some of the greatest fights of his life interrupted. Um, greatest fights in Wano, period, interrupted, I believe. And then, you know, Kaido's descent down into the Onigashima. And he was calling for surrender, announcing Luffy's death and a uh, death. And Chopper, you know, Tony Tony Chopper's got a soft heart. So he immediately starts crying. But I loved when Nami came out and she was like, man, shut your bitch ass up. I love this. Why are you lying? You know, Luffy doesn't, you know, if he says he's going to win, he's going to win. Shut up. He's not dead. You just can't beat him. Um, (laughs) Obviously in denial, but I respect her like saying it straight to Kato's face, like with reckless abandon. Really love that. Yeah. And I mean, Kato just looks at her and starts launching a Boro blast. And uh, thank God Marco's there. Yeah, we else cooked, literally. We, we, we'd have lost our navigator, so thank God uh, Marco was there because he used his Phoenix Fire to block the attack and save Nami. But, um, yes. Yeah, I man, mean, Nami was broken, dude. She, like, you, you could just see it in her face. She did not know how to act at that point. No. I mean, you know, she, she's got a point, though. You know, like, you know, Luffy doesn't lie. And, uh, you know, to, to her, she, she hasn't seen it. So she can't believe it, you know, believing it would, you know, mean it's true. So, and, you know, that would mean everything that they've worked for so far is done. So yes. I don't blame her. Yeah, no, I'd definitely be in denial too. You'd have to show me. Um, But yeah, he, he goes on to say, you know, you guys rose up against me and uh, Wano, I won. So like Wano is a weapons factory, tough luck. And all you citizens, you're, you're slaves. I'm going to make your kids slaves and your kids, kids slaves. They're going to rue this day. And, you know, we get cutscenes of, you know, like carrot and uh, cat viper saying they're going to go save some people. Not sure what they're thinking. <laughs> um, 
They're gonna go kick. take on Kato, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we have Law and Kid. You know, they're they're sitting there saying, you know, they I think they know it's over, uh, but they're saying, you know, I'm just we're just gonna fight until the end. Like I don't have anything else I can do. I'm not gonna like get taken. Uh, so they're gonna have to kill me. And then it kind of had like a big moment uh, on the outside of Onigashima with uh, Yamato and Momo, kind of debating on what to do. Momo and, being know, a little coward uh, like usual. Momo a bitch. We know that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> been talking. Been saying this since we started the show. I ain't let. Yeah, up. he got better though. But now he just like movie. Uh, movie got it in his heart, so, bro. It's in his heart. Yeah. You can't get rid of that. Yeah. I mean, uh, if I was looking Kaido in the face, I'd be pretty. Uh, I'd be pretty, pretty <laughs> fucked up too. But soft, soft. <laughs> <laughs> He ain't worth his dragon balls. Um, I'm sorry, I had to. It was too easy. Uh, but yeah, she's, he's like, you know, well, let's just surrender. Like, we'll, just, you know, uh, the time for fighting's over. We can't win without Luffy, which is definitely right. But I mean, what's the? And then Yamato's like, you know, what, what's the point? Like, what's the point of even living if he's just gonna make us all slaves? Like, I'm not gonna live like that. Like, you can do that shit by yourself. Um, and she's like, you know, in the end, she's like, let's not surrender. Like, let's just, you know, let's fight and die together, which I think is a solid solution for this situation. I don't know if I want to be a slave to Kaido. I don't know if I want to be a slave to anybody. Um, but then we get a little cut scene and it kind of cuts to Luffy's heart uh, starting to beat again very slowly. Mm-hmm. And we're definitely getting some rocks in the chest, you know, some, some rocking motion in the chest there. And it gets exciting. And Zunisha, you know, starts talking to Momo. And he's like, uh, I hear it. It's been a while, but I, I, I swear I hear it. And, uh, Momo, you know, Momo's like, you know, I can't hear Luffy's voice anymore. Like, what are you talking about, Zunisha? And she's like, you know, I can hear the drums of liberation. They're beating again all, all the while. We got some bongos going in the back. I thought it was pretty <laughs> cool. Killer, killer drum solo. And, uh the very end he's like you know he's returned he's returned he's here he's back almost still very confused and <laughs> right at the end he's like it's been 800 years but joy boy has returned and then we, we see the beginning of the transformation yeah i love that scene dude i mean when it's just like his hair tra- changing into the white looking resiny stuff mm-hmm. and you just see that shit eating grin come on luffy's face i'm like oh baby it's, it's common it's time yeah, and I, I I had chills like the whole time uh, at, when the when when his heart started beating or whatever uh, thumping, you mm-hmm. know I got chills, bro. And uh, I mean I I got chills just a while ago just thinking about it again. So it's it's crazy what anime does to you, bro. What One Piece does to <laughs> us. Yeah, you know? I think that that was the problem is I didn't go watch JJK again because I wanted to watch this episode again because I watched it on my phone and the. In my camper. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. De- I have to watch this again. Like I'm at my uh, stay at my friend's house right now, because uh, of the move. But like, yeah, I watched it on my phone. I was like, I gotta go watch it with like my, you know, surround sound and my big TV. I was uh, not ready for the drums to go that hard, dude. Like when you read yo. them in the when you read them in the manga panel, it's just like da dum da dum da dum da dum da dum kind of thing. Like doom da da doom da da da. Not like the craziest drum solo I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> like this shit was out of like fucking Neil Peart on a Rush album, dude. I was like, whoa, they went hard with this. Oh, it was it was awesome. The yeah, drums we, of liberation hit hard. We getting it. We we getting peak boys. 
I think the next uh, next couple episodes is gonna be like uh, top tier. So yeah, I was just happy they stopped showing Kaido because that CGI was abysmal. <laughs> yeah, I you can tell it was like One Piece does this where they just have like certain episodes. You're like, ah, oh, we're not putting a lot of money into this one, this and is, it makes yeah, sense. This is a throwaway. This is a setup episode. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just like we were saying, it's more like reactions. Uh, yeah, the biggest part of this sure. episode, in my opinion, was Nami's reaction and Luffy, uh, his uh, uh, sneak peek of Luffy yes. at the end. So yes, that yes, was yes, yes. that was the two biggest parts of this episode. So yeah, I like I was, how pumped Zunisha was getting. Yeah, that, that's his fucking boy, dude, or her yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. boy, whatever Zunisha. That's my boy. <laughs> but yeah, this is like the the one One Piece episode in a long time where I've actually watched the um the episode trailer at the end. I'm like, no, I'm watching this one. <laughs> yes, yes. And Luke. I'm not sure if y'all are aware or not, but um, I'm I'm pretty sure that the uh, outros are coming back. Um, not the to be continued. We're gonna get actual outros again. Um, for um, One yes. Piece. I'm yes. hoping what they do is they get rid of the classic dragon ball z next time on one piece thing mm -hmm. and they just have an outro i think that'd be so nice I, I you know do something with the drums too that shit would go crazy i think Is they released outro? the outro song already they did so they did? i think oh. so uh, okay i thought they did mentioned they? what it was well if there's they, no drums to sham or they might have said who's who, yeah, who they, was doing it they said they said who was doing it but i haven't seen like an actual release because they're apparently they're changing the intro and they're adding outros um, for the first time in like year, like so many years. Um, it's um, time back to it, and I'm pretty, like I'm pretty sure it's really soon within uh, the next uh, ep like a uh, handful of episodes mm -hmm. is when this change is going to happen. So yeah, uh, from what I understand, they're doing the outro next episode, and then they're going to change the intro a couple episodes later. But I don't know why they're going to change the intro now because that's going to be the intro for most of the next arc and like if they're going to put a bunch of spoilers in it it's going to be really bad i mean they always put a bunch of spoilers in it anyway so you just can't look too deep into it you know yeah but i mean giving away where the next arc is going will be pretty shitty you know for people who don't read the manga yeah mm -hmm. yeah i mean it, it is what it is they're gonna do what they're gonna do so but i'm excited to see uh what if the new the next new intro is a banger and if and what the outro is like because i don't ever recall there being an outro besides to be continued honestly so yeah i don't think one piece has had an outro song since like oh god i'm talking pre-time skip right yeah um, i i don't ever i don't remember, remember one so i don't I remember used to have, i mean i, I love outro anime I mean, outros because the songs are fucking hitting always when the when the news got released, you know they um they made it seem like outros happened before, but it's been a long time since it has happened. But I just don't ever recall there being one, so I don't know. I just hope it's a banger. I hope the new intro is a banger because I really enjoyed this intro that we're on right now. So, but yeah, uh, yeah, we haven't gotten an outro actually like consistently on episodes since five ninety. Okay. Dang. So that's impressive. Actually, right. no, sorry. That was only two episodes. We haven't really gotten consistent outros since 278. Mm, so <laughs> bring it back. Bring it back. Oh. Yeah. But we awesome. It. We're here, guys. 
You guys got anything else for this episode of One Piece? That is it for me. Nope. Just well. we're gonna do watch parties, y'all, on Discord. So um swing through, you know, linktree.com slash anime DGNs. Awesome. Hope you guys enjoyed listening to this week's weekly rundown. It was a long one, but we had a lot to cover. So like Tyler said, join the Discord we're doing a watch party on Saturday night, hopefully. Pending Crunchyroll uh, imploding. Uh, Linktree.com <laughs> slash anime DGENs. And we'll catch you guys for the rundown, which is also releasing at the same time. Or sorry, for the DGENs, which is releasing at the same time. So it's a little two for one special, baby. Let's All right, go. we'll catch you guys. Later.